guys and welcome to the PR department podcast. You're through to your host Katie Braden and this is episode 13. So before we start, disclaimer, um, my cat Noodle is currently sat on my lap and she's purring quite loudly. Um, I don't have the heart to move her and even if I wanted to she would just jump back on. So if you can hear the softest little purrs in the background, I hope that it's nothing but soothing. And if that annoys you, I would go to the doctor and check that your heart is still inside your ribcage because clearly it's not. You've got problems. (laughs) So yeah, sorry about that. But yeah, she can't really, she's not going to go. So I'm not going to fight it, you know? So today's episode is, I'm really excited about it actually. Um, I think it's going to be a slightly shorter episode, but I have a lot to say and I wanted to make an episode on this one topic alone and that is on the importance of knowing when, how and the power of saying no. Um, As our Lord and Saviour, saviours I should say, Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen once said, no is a full sentence and I could not agree more. Um... One of my clients actually always introduces me and says, this is Katie, she's our PR. Um, She says no all the time. (laughs) And I am completely fine with being known as the girl who says no to things because I really, really, truly believe in the power and the importance of saying no. No is very much my favourite word and the first thing that I wanted to talk about in regards to my favourite word no is how it is really not used enough in my industry, in the PR industry in general. PRs are renowned for saying yes to everything, to anything. Like, oh, can you get me into Vogue next week? Yeah. Like, you can't. That's actually impossible. Why are you saying yes? But I think there's this underlying um, imposter syndrome in the PR industry that so many of us carry and that is that you're not a good PR if you can't fulfill kind of every whim and want of a client. Whereas if we just said no, explained why we're saying no and then offer a better alternative or offer a plan to get them to a place where we can say yes wouldn't that be better? Like, I know it just seems like the most obvious and logic thing in the world. And I'm sure so many people who maybe are listening to this, who are not PRs will be like, well, yeah, that's obvious. But to a PR, honestly, saying no is almost like saying, I'm going to kill your dog. Like, it's it just doesn't happen. And we're then known for being like these fluffy people who can't manage expectations and then fall when you know, you kind of fall on your own sword because you said yes and you can't fulfill it. You know, when I was coming up in PR, um, one thing I noticed about the people above me, the people running these big PR agencies, is they would get to sit in meetings with clients or potential clients and they would agree to all sorts of crazy stuff like, you know, these big events like coverage in Vogue, you know, that's always the, the poster boy for this, isn't it? Um, you know, all these nuts things that um, the person who's actually working on the account and achieving these things that isn't the 
founder or owner of the company would never have said yes to because they're actually not achievable. But you've sat in a meeting with nobody who is actually working on the account, just with the client. All these things have been promised. And then months down the line, you have a really irritated and angry client who feels like they've been burned because the people who are actually working on the account, not the owner, have not been able to fulfill all of those things that the founder said that they could. And that was something that I felt um, trips tripped up by a lot when I was a junior because those expectations would kind of be passed down to you and you're sitting there going, I can't get that influencer to post that or I can't get it in that magazine without, you know, doing a fair bit of legwork first. And you're just kind of like bamboozled because you're being told, yes, you must do this, but you know as a PR what is achievable and what isn't. Um, so yeah, that was something that when I went out on my own and I went freelance, that was something that I did from the very, very beginning. I made a promise with myself and I made it quite clear to everybody around me that I would never agree to something that I didn't think was doable or possible. And if I couldn't do it, I would tell you exactly why. And I would explain the process. And then I would explain what we would need to get to that certain place. Like, And this has caused me problems because clients and people who are spending money on PRs, especially people who are a little bit more old school, they're not used to being told no because they've worked with PRs and agencies, you know, for years and years and years that have only ever said yes. So it can be quite um, jarring to be the PR who then tells them no. Um, Like I've even had someone tell me that I'm not good at my job because I've asked them for certain things. Um, Like, for example, um, I was working on a project and they wanted to get like mass consumer coverage in, you know, huge titles like Vogue, Elle, Cosmo, Glamour, you know, your big boys. And I said, okay, that's not a problem. I said, but considering the product, considering the opportunities that are in those magazines, and also considering the timeframes that the magazines work on, which is six months, by the way, this is a list of things I need. And I communicated this, I think, about eight months in advance of this um, project. Um, and I said, you know, I'm going to need samples so I can do gifting like X amount of months before. I'm going to need images and I'm going to need to get a press release together X amount of months before so that we can pitch this to these people in multiple different ways. So maybe if we don't get them the first time, we've got an opportunity to get them on the second and third time, um, you know, giving as much space for opportunity as possible. I also said, if you are going to land coverage on a certain date with organic PR, that is never guaranteed because what we do as PRs is pitch the story and link the story with the journalist and the feature. We don't get to say we want this featured in this magazine on this page on this date. That's advertising and that needs to be paid for. So I explained this and I said, look, if you want to pop in some advertising support, that would really, really help because as I've spoken about before on the podcast, having advertising in place makes you preferable with the journalists and the editors. And when you're negotiating the ad, you can also negotiate editorial support. So as I say, if you want everything to launch on a specific time and have coverage on a specific date, a bit of advertising support would really not go amiss and it would give you a high, higher chance of getting exactly what you want and when you want it. So that was my advice. Um, 
it's safe to say that the project didn't go how I kind of mapped out timeline wise and it didn't end up going very well at all if I'm completely honest um but then there was a conversation that happened afterwards where I was told that I wasn't a good PR because I was relying on advertising and you know so let's look back at that conversation I've communicated what I needed I didn't tell them no I told them what I needed in order to be able to do my job in the way in which they wanted me to do it which you know that's not organic PR that is quite you know you're working within very tight restrictions and when you're doing organic PR like you you can't have tight restrictions all you can do is give yourself the best opportunity to get those things in place you can't put you know as I've said so many times it's not a direct science it's not x y equals z um so all you can do is put yourself in the best stead and give yourself the best fighting chance but you cannot make promises which is a huge huge issue um in terms of people you know over promising but yeah I was told that I wasn't a good PR because I'd asked advertising support and you know when you look at the brands that are constantly featured in magazines who constantly get mass PR and huge editorial support those are the brands who are advertisers so I don't know what about that makes me a bad PR and to be honest I'm not analyzing it in a sense of like why am I a bad PR because I know I'm not um it's more this is an example of what happens when you communicate expectations and boundaries with a client and they don't like it because essentially you're telling them no when they just want you to say yes and I also get it from their perspective like they're spending money they have to negotiate their budgets in order to pay for services like mine I get it they want the maximum exposure and return like who doesn't like nobody employs a PR and goes oh I don't want any coverage like of course they want coverage but there has to be like you know a meeting in the middle and I think that's where managing expectations is really important so that's something that I will always do at the very start of a relationship is manage I always ask them like what is a piece of coverage that you would want to achieve and then we start a conversation around that as to like how you would achieve that if that's achievable or if it's not why don't you look at things like this this and this which I think would work really well for your brand so it becomes like a consultation based off of their expectations so you can skew those expectations to align with what is actually happening in the industry because let's not forget unless you're a PR you don't know the ins and outs of what happens it's a very smoke and mirrors industry and it's very closed so most brands think they know what is achievable but their version is always skewed and it's up to us to communicate what is actually possible let's go back to the example that I was talking about just now like this ultimately did end up in an unhappy client but I think to be fair there was nothing else more that I could have done um you know it was communicated and that's kind of all I could have done on my part um but when you over promise and you really push those expectations to a place that are really unrealistic all that's going to happen is that you're going to fall on your own sword like I've never once seen someone over promise and then end up with a happy client relationship like it's just never happened like please do let me know if you've ever over promised and it's gone well because 
it's just not going to. Um, like ultimately, the goal is to keep your clients long term. Yeah, like you want um a long term relationship. A because it's better to have a long term stand in PR in terms of like press knowing who you are, calling things in. Like it's great to have a long standing relationship. It's also great to build momentum and it's also great for you because you've got business coming in every single month that you know, you know, has a long-standing relationship. It's better than a new, more flimsy relationship, if you will. So if you're over-promising, all you're doing is cutting your nose off to spite your face because you could have just managed the expectation, set the boundary and had a long-standing client or you can overpromise, fall short, and then lose the client after three months. So this is where a lot of PR agencies have this feel of like, they call it like a revolving door of clients, where the client comes in, overpromised, underachieves, leaves after three months. Another client comes in, they're overpromised, underachieves, they leave after six months. And it's just in, out, in, out, in, out. And that is absolutely just the worst for any like PR working in agency because you're constantly having to like get brands off the ground. Like when you are first starting with a brand, it's like a big run and jump. Like, you know, those people who attach themselves, oh my God, I'm going to make a metaphor that nobody's going to understand right here right now but you know those people who like um they have those it's basically like a giant kite but you can like strap yourself to it and they have to like run really fast to get into the air like they have to build their own like air force and momentum that's literally what it's like every time you get a new client because there's so much to do and they need so much effort so much attention they also need like the communication needs to be refined which is really draining like with your older clients you know how you communicate everything's great like the expectations are managed but with a new client it's like building from base so if you have to do that every three to six months with new clients like your team's going to be burnt out like you're going to be burnt out it's not it's not great and also the industry is big but it's also small and once you start getting a reputation for a a company that loses clients all the time you're gonna really find it difficult to get good clients because they'll just avoid you (laughs) you know long story short um but yeah, also as well, when you overpromise, you end up overextending yourself. And I think when you overextend yourself, that is when you're most vulnerable to making mistakes. And, you know, whilst everybody makes mistakes, PRs are basically not allowed to make mistakes. Like, they're just not. Like, if there's a spell of mistake in your press release, you'll get absolutely annihilated for it. If you send something that's slightly incorrect to press, you'll get absolutely annihilated for it worst comes to worst if coverage comes out and there's a mistake even if it's not your fault you'll get absolutely annihilated for it so we are under quite high pressure all the time to be like triple checking things and everything being perfect and the messaging and everything being exactly to the t even if it's like the finest finest detail so when you're overextending and you know you're doing all these things and you're running around like as a headless chicken because you're trying to make all of these like crazy expectations a reality when you know it's not going to work you're going to be exhausted, you're going to be burnt out, and you're going to start making mistakes. And those mistakes, it's not a pretty place to be, let me tell you. So, I, you know, I've done it myself. I've And I'm, I'm talking about this from experience because I've been there. Um, I'll never, ever forget once um, a client sent an email to a team that I was CC'd into, and I replied something like really smarmy back that was supposed to be directly to my colleague, and I CC'd everybody in yeah so when you're burnt out and overstretched you make stupid mistakes just like that and those mistakes can literally cost you your client 
So, you know, again, you're just overextending yourself to the point where you're going to lose your clients anyway. And the whole point of this is getting clients and keeping them. So I don't know why we do this to ourselves. (laughs) This is why I wanted to do this episode so much, because I know this sounds absolutely ridiculous when I say it, but I know there's going to be so many people who work in PR out there or people who are even interested in getting into PR, who are going to listen to me saying these things and go, yeah, I know what she's talking about. Because it sounds so ridiculous to everybody else, but this is such a glaring issue in our industry. So yeah, and even if you're not a PR, like, welcome to the world. Like, hope this is entertaining for you, because living it is not entertaining, I can tell you straight. Um, So another thing that I've come to realise is, even when I say no, Um, nine times out of ten I don't regret it I don't regret it like I know some people have this like crazy FOMO of like oh if if I say no to going to this event or working with this client or taking this money or not doing this or not doing that I'll regret it and my rule is if it doesn't serve you so it's it's either got to be one of two things it's either got to inspire me So it's got to be something that gives me energy because I'm inspired and it's something that's really awesome to do, like a great opportunity, or it has to pay bills. So it's either bringing in inspiration or it's bringing in money. And if it's not one of those two things, then I'm going to say no to it unless it's like an extreme circumstance. And I've never, ever regretted saying no to something if it doesn't fit within one of those two categories, because why would I? why would you? Like, seriously, think about it in that way. Why would you say no to something that isn't going to inspire you and it's not going to pay your bills? And when I say inspire you, like, spending time with my friends inspires me. Spending time with my family inspires me. Spending time on my own doing the things that I want to do just purely for selfish reasons inspires me. Going and doing something for somebody else that has nothing to do with me and I'm just sat there thinking, why am I here? doesn't inspire me and it's also not paying my bills. So you see what I mean there? Like the inspiration and paying your bills categories basically covers everything you could possibly need. Everything else is just filler and you're doing it for other people's purposes and it doesn't feed you, so don't do it. Like when I started out earlier in my career, I would say yes to a lot of things. Like I would say yes to going to parties and events and this and that and I'd take clients that I didn't really like or want and, you know, all these things. And I look back and I just think, why? Like, I should just have said no because I didn't want to do it and it didn't feed me all my life in any way. And as I've gotten older, that is probably the best thing that I've learned is how to really manage that and how to say no. And also, if you set that from the beginning, people will expect that of you. Like, my friends, for example... They know what to expect of me and they know what I'm going to say no to. And they also know that if I say no to something, it's not personal. It's because I have to manage myself and my time. And I would like to think that they think that I'm a pretty organized person who's like got my stuff together. So if I'm saying no, it's for that reason. And it's not because I'm being mean. It's because it's, you know, it's for a reason. Um, So... Also, when it comes to the paying bills portion of that, like you have to remember that you have paying clients and that always comes first. 
Like that always comes first because those people are paying your bills. So even when you have things like, and this is quite a difficult one to manage. And I've had conversations with freelancers about this quite a lot. When you have like new client conversations or new business conversations, they have to be managed because whilst you want to win that account, it's not worth taking time away from your paying clients that will then be a detriment to them. Like you have to iron out the balance between attracting new business and gaining new clients and also like feeding the clients that you already have to the utmost standard. Um, Also in terms of taking new business you have to know when to stop like and that's a really really like privileged and luxurious thing to have to do. Um, I've started doing it in the last year which I am absolutely so thankful for is I'm now saying no to clients more times than I'm saying yes. Like I actually couldn't remember the last time I said yes to a client. It has to be something really special and inspirational for me to take it on um, because I don't have the time and I know that if I take on all of these clients that come to me wanting business and wanting me to represent them it's going to take away from the time from the clients who are paying me and that's not fair so you have to prioritize that there's also a hierarchy and I don't care who says it um sorry who disagrees with this like this is 100% true and I also don't mind clients knowing about it because I feel like it's a fact like there's a hierarchy in terms of how much you pay like as a client point blank like if you have a client that pays you know thousands and thousands of pounds every month and then you have a client who pays a few hundred like who's the priority so like come on you're a you're a business you're not a charity so you have to put the work where the money is coming from like if you have a higher paying client and a lower paying client and you have to choose where to spend the time of course you're still going to service the lower paying client of course you are but the priority like the most time goes towards the higher paying client that is 100% how it works and you know I would even be as happy as to explain that to a lower paying client because it's fact and also you need to learn again it's about um, managing those expectations and understanding you know you're paying x amount so this is the service that you're going to receive and then you can decide together whether they are happy with that or not you know it's a two-way street it's not just me as being like no you know it's it's a I feel like no whilst being a full sentence is also a great conversation starter really really great for setting boundaries and having clear communication I think clear communication often starts with the word no and that is really really important with any PR work because our job is basically communicating we're communicating to press but we're also communicating to our own clients and that's important to remember um onto a slightly different angle um it's also really important to say no to yourself sometimes like seriously like we are absolutely flooded constantly with how we should be doing self-care and going to the gym and having five businesses and having passive income and doing this and doing that and it's just so overwhelming so like you have to learn to say no sometimes like you really do like sometimes for me wash my face and go into bed is what I can do in an evening and you know there's no self-care there's no winding down there's no painting and fueling my creative you know ambitions there's no there's there's no nothing there's wash face go to bed 
like you have to learn to let go of the guilt of like not being able to do it all and that includes saying no to yourself like I um, I'm really big on fitness I love working out I use it a lot as a mental health tool and I try and work out probably four or five times a week sometimes that's not possible and sometimes I need to say no to myself even though it's for my mental health sometimes it's just not possible do you see what I'm saying there like no is sometimes the better option than pushing yourself and overloading yourself don't get me wrong to get to the point in my career and work-life balance she had to take a break there because my um cat who was happily sitting on my lap is now circling my chair like a shark screaming at the top of her lungs for absolutely no reason So anybody who has a cat will understand exactly what I'm talking about. But if you can hear her screaming in the background, I promise she's fine. She just wants attention. (laughs) So there we are. And I'm saying no to her, which is very um, (laughs) on brand for the, the episode that we're doing. But anyway, saying no to yourself at certain times and why is really important. And this also comes to your workload. So something that I'm really, really big on is um, really paying attention to my energy and how I feel. And whilst, you know, you walk a, a fine line here because whilst you can't give in to every, you know, little, you know, oh, I'm tired or I have a headache. I can't do that. I can't do this. Like sometimes you do need to push through. Yes. But I think having an understanding of your energy, you know, energy ebbs and flows. Like you'll have days where you feel so unmotivated. Like you just don't want to do it. Like you've got all these tasks and you can't get through it. And then you'll have other days where you will literally bounce out of bed and be like ready to smash like a 20 point to-do list within an hour. Like there's an understanding that there are going to be days like that, but there's also going to be bad days as well where you feel like you can't get through it. And I really pay attention to that And I also, without giving into it, like I have strategies in place that I do when I do have those bad days to help me get through the work that I need to achieve without pushing myself overboard. But sometimes you have to do the best job that you can do at the time. And I think something that really is a luxury that you can give to yourself is being really organized so you have space and time to tackle certain tasks at the time that is right to do it. For example, if I've got a right an absolute beast of a press release. Like I really enjoy writing and I would consider myself quite good at writing. However, to write at that level, I really do have to be in the right headspace to to do a good job. Otherwise, it's going to be rubbish, even though I'm a good writer and I like writing. Okay. So if on a Tuesday afternoon, I'm feeling really sluggish, I'm having one of those afternoons when my brain is like giving me the bare minimum but this mammoth press release is on my to-do list. So I might have put this on my to-do list for Monday, Tuesday, because I know that my deadline is the end of the week. Therefore, 
if I have a horrendous afternoon where I have a headache and I just can't focus, I'm going to switch on to more of a monotonous task, like an admin task or something like that, that doesn't require my full brain and creative energy. Then when I get up on Wednesday morning and I have one of those days where I'm bouncing out of bed and really full of it, I can come back to that task and I can do it when I'm in the right headspace and I'm going to absolutely smash it because I've given myself space and time to connect with how I feel and when I'm feeling my best and therefore I've given myself the hardest task to do for when I'm feeling my best. And the reason why I have the luxury to do that was because I started this process a week before I needed to get it done. Does that make sense? So if we're constantly piling on the pressure, overworking, having no space to breathe, you're going to end up pushing yourselves to do these tasks when maybe your energy or how you're feeling that day is not quite up to it. And you're going to do a really rubbish job. Again, it's going to end up with you falling on your sword. So really what I'm saying here is like setting yourself up to be in the best position, sometimes by saying no to workloads, to yourself, to your clients, you know, to whoever, so that you can be the best version. Because as I say, if we don't say no and we take on these things, you end up making mistakes or you end up doing like a a rubbish job and nobody wants to do that because it's not fulfilling you want to feel like you're doing your best and giving yourself this space and time through organization I think is a really um great thing that I've managed to learn through my experience of being freelance for like what six seven years now um that's something I've I've really learned um you know when I was first starting out if I needed to do something and I was like super manic busy and then I would just like leave it till the last minute and then I've got a few hours to do this thing but I'm not in the right headspace so I know it's not gonna be very good and then I beat myself up and it's this whole thing and then it's rubbish so I have to do it again anyway you know you get where I'm going here whereas if you give yourself space then, you know, space and time is one of the biggest luxuries and you get that by saying no to things because you're managing what your space and time, it, where that is spent and where that goes. Yeah, I know a lot of people will be like, oh, you know, that's so luxurious, like being able to spend a week on something and only do it when you feel your best. Like, yeah, it is. But you can 100% achieve that by saying no to other stuff that eats into your time and takes away from your time and energy like if you just focused your time and energy on the things that you actually cared about and needed to do that earned you money you'd be flying you would be flying um so another thing that I wanted to touch on on this subject um is paying attention to your gut feeling um and this is I'm going to talk about this in uh, retrospect to new clients um, and how at the beginning of my career, as I said, I would say yes to lots of things because, you know, obvious reasons you were scared of not getting clients or earning money and it's really scary. So you say yes to all these things and you want to make it work and, you know, you're so pumped and you just you just want to make this work. So you say yes to lots of things. And, you know, there there was lots of times where there was red flags or things that now I would have said no to in a heartbeat, but I said yes to. And they always ended in a mass amount of stress and then you losing the client anyway. So I think gut feelings are really, really important. And I, maybe not gut feelings, like red flags in particular, like I can spot them now a mile off, like... 
and, and here are some of them. So if someone is disorganized, like if they take forever to respond to emails or like if you plan in a call and then they don't show up or they change it like a million times um, or they're not really sure what they want, like their communication with you isn't very good. Um, that is a massive red flag because that's a communication issue that's coming from their end and you're going to have to deal with that communication issue for your t- entire relationship. And having good communication, knowing how to communicate with each other is one of the main things of like a happy client relationship. Um, and if someone is like taking forever to reply or like not respecting you enough to like commit to a meeting or, you know, all those things, when somebody doesn't show up to a meeting, that is like an instant blacklist for me. Like I've had it happen to me recently where someone just didn't show up for a meeting and I was like, okay. And then from that point onwards, I was like, this is like, in my mind, this is done. Like it's over. Because I just think that's like the utmost disrespect so that is a massive red flag, especially in the early stages. Um, so yeah, I just think as well with these red flags, as you enter into a client relationship, there are ultimately going to be times where you are under pressure and your relationship is also under pressure. So those red flags that you saw in the beginning, they're just going to get worse. Like they're just going to get 10 times worse. It's a fact. Like under pressure, those red flags are going to turn into like red hot air balloons so yeah be mindful of that and learn to spot them early on because honestly it will it will like save you so much of a headache and also this is another thing I know it seems like really scary to say no to money and to say no to new clients but if you're saying yes to every Tom, Dick and Harry when a genuinely amazing client comes along you won't be able to service them properly or do the best job because you're spreading your time across all of these people that you don't really want to be working with so my ideology is to wait for the right client I would rather wait and get a client that I'm genuinely passionate about and I think is amazing which is going to be a great relationship because obviously if if I love them then other people will love them too um as opposed to taking tons of like bitty clients that I don't really believe in I think that's something that's been so integral to my success as a freelancer is having that ideology of I'm going to work with people who I really believe in and I really like and our our communication is really good and we connect as opposed to like forcing it just for the sake of having clients. Like I remember I took a new business call over lockdown because you know everyone thought that they were going to lose their entire businesses over lockdown and I took this call and I knew it was going to be something that would annoy me but anyway. I was talking to the founder about um, sustainability and their, you know, their packaging because their packaging was all plastic. And I was like, is there anything in your, you know, pipeline to introduce any form of like sustainability efforts? And they came back and said, oh, I think this um, no plastic thing is just a trend. Red flag. So yeah, that's my point. And also, yes, I did say no to that client. So there you have it (laughs) yeah I hope that's been an interesting episode all about saying no and I hope that you take at least one thing out of this and maybe implement it into you know your personal life or your work life and it helps you in some way and once you've been bitten by the no bug (laughs) like you'll start doing it more and more and more because you'll just realize that you'll find yourself like less annoyed at yourself more often because you won't have that horrible feeling of like oh, I'm wasting time or why am I doing this or why am I sat in this meeting because you just won't be sat there in the first place so yeah 
I hope it helps you and I hope you enjoyed the episode and I will see you soon for the next one. Bye.